to another episode of Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Chris and Dave's Totally Not Daily podcast. <laughs> we are covering Married at First Sight, UK episode, uh, sorry, season seven, episode 23 this time, Chris. So here we are again. And uh, yeah, we had a, a nice little dinner party, but I will always ask the same thing again. Where would you like to start today? Well, Dave, to say that it brought a tear to my fucking eye, Dave, to say the least, was Matt telling us about his undying love for Whitney and not... Fucking hell. Other than fucking George (laughs) and probably April, nobody else was buying what they were selling and I loved the fallout from some of the uh, contestants. It was so funny, Dave, just ridiculous. What what do you think is going on there? Because I'd said yesterday, people who come into Love Island late, they have to ramp it up, don't they? They need to, you know, accelerate things because they know, you know, in order to make it through to the final, they have to grip the public's attention. They have to get those votes in. But, you know, there, there isn't the same kind of voting with Married at First Sight. So what do you think the motivation is, you know? I can buy that. I'm not saying that there are completely zero feelings there, but it's just all a bit fucking too convenient, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I've got two ways to approach it, right? So, me and Sam were talking about it tonight when we were watching, and we literally said we loved each other after about four or five days. Now, however, we had known each other for years, you know what I mean? But getting together, it was pretty quick, Dave. And I literally just turned up at her house. She had a car and everything, and just didn't leave. So, you know. It's different though. So some I was because I was thing that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, David. Story of my life. But I, I with us, like when we were talking about because I was slating them going, I don't believe this. I said these either two things. They both said they love each other because they feel guilty and they're trying to justify what's happened in the relationship. Just try and cool and get some of the contestants on side. Or as we've heard little bits from Gemma and some of the other people, this has gone on for a lot longer than a couple of fucking, you know, but a week or so, Dave. So that, I mean, I'm not saying when they're together, they do look pretty calm. He, you know, everything. I, 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 I sort of, I was sort of thinking that what I said yesterday was correct. And I don't think Tom said it on our Facebook, but I think they might be the only ones who survived, Dave, or at least give it a go <laughs> after the show properly. But yeah, it's just, I can't work out which way it is, whether it's just a thing to try and win everyone over, us as the, us as the viewers, and obviously the participants as well, because they know they're going to be spending time. I can't work it out. I think there is a massive soup of complicated emotions and feelings in this. And I, I do think it's not, it's not 100% just for the cameras. I mean, coming out of the relationship that they'd kind of uh they weren't happy in and then there was all the fallout and everything both of them love to tell everyone that they don't give a fuck what they think but you know what they do they're not looking for their validation they just want to say a big fuck you because this is working and all you lot with your fucking forced relationships having to work at everything for us this is really easy so fuck you lot. So I think there's a bit of that in there as well. 
just that you know they they both get off on pissing other people off i think but yeah you know the it is <clears throat> the thing about has this gone on for longer i think that would definitely explain the towy you know scenes that we had you know about t- that talk at the bar that they had that was so false the uh, talk they did on the on the bridge you know it was all so forced so all of this shit has happened before and it's off the cameras and then the producers have just been like right can you you know give us something to actually show we can't have this all like last season where it all happened off camera and then just spilled out in the commitment ceremonies I think that would explain it, to be honest. Yeah, it probably would. And I, I still think they were there was a connection together before he even got with Gemma, if I'm being honest, Dave. I think there's something not right, and he had to play out the whole Gemma marriage for the show. Didn't want to sort of ruin his chances of that sort of profile. Look, if it works, it works. But it's been a hell of a fucking journey for the two of them. But I've got to say, we you know, obviously we interviewed Lara. She was so funny and... <laughs> she was a great, you know, personality. But I tell you what, Dave, Zoe's come out with some good one-liners as well. And and Zoe's line when they were talking about loving each other, and she'd done a whole speech about Jenna and everything. And she just went to the VT, and I'm going to quote her: "Matt's telling Whitney he loves her. He's known her for 16 minutes. Imagine how many eggs you could boil in that time." It's not the fucking notebook. I thought that I had to get the, I had to get it word perfect. I've been looking for it all. Uh, as soon as we finish the show, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, Chris, there is cheese in my fridge that has lasted for longer, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you know, or been together uh, for longer or something like that. Honestly, it just, it does not really make sense. And I, I, maybe because they had developed this relationship before they formally went public with it, maybe there's something in that. But yeah, they like I say, I think they get off on the fact that they they're just pissing everyone else off. Yeah, I think so. And the fact, and we as we know, and the different things, the validity of the the experts has just sort of been a bit of a shock. <laughs> so it, it doesn't seem to matter their behaviour or other people's feelings within the experiment. It's just purely, well, yeah, we know it makes good TV, and I, I hold my hands up. What the hell would we do, Dave? I know you said like you know it would bring other people to the fore and there would be generated drama without doubt. I'm sure there's things with the other couples we haven't seen properly, but it's just been so gripping for these last 10 days. It's oh, just it's like, brilliant. I love just, it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, it wasn't really an anti-climax, but one of the things happened after that was obviously people went and met, carried on meeting some of the friends and family. So Keisha's had this great dinner party. I love the fact that it was her and his sisters and Kwame and Dave, talk about, like, he should be a politician. Kwame, evading every question. You know, the question about, you know, do you find her attractive? I just think that's a poor choice of words. I like someone who's petite. How can Keisha feel, Dave? How does she feel? And he's then trying to validate, going, but, but, but I find her really attractive, you know? And it's like, just don't fucking say anything like that. I mean, it is a it is a loaded question, and it's very difficult to sort of when you're in that situation and, and in the experiment. But Kwame, for me, is proper dodgy, Dave. There's all sorts going on here, and we'll never find it out about the guy. Talk about secret. We said it last time, but great TV, but it was so awkward. The only thing I, I laugh about was when he's not at the table, is he off camera? Did he send him outside so they can have this conversation with his sisters? Every time someone left the table, like when 
and Matt was with Whitney and her friend, and then he left. I was like, where are they? And then he comes over with a pint like he's been at the bar. They make it look like he's been at the bar. You know what I mean? It's all bullshit. He's probably behind the camera, Kwame. He just sat there like going, oh, you know, right? You know, I, I don't know. He just seems so fucking false, that, I must admit. It is a strange old relationship, this one, isn't it? I mean, you saw through the episode. I, I cannot believe it is 100% genuine when Keisha is asking her sisters, you know, is Kwame the right man for me? I mean, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you know, yeah. Everything that we've seen, you already know the answer to that question. And why are you even deliberating it? Why do you need an outside opinion? He's given you nothing. You poured your heart out about your life story, how you brought yourself up, you know, and, and made something of yourself. And he's just fucking laughing and making jokes. She knows that he's not the right person, but she still has to ask. And it was only having that kind of feedback from her, her sisters that it does seem by the end of the episode, at least, she's made her mind up. You know, she announced that she was single at the dinner party, didn't she? So, you know, I think that was the last little push. But Chris, like I keep seeing on Twitter this same fucking video. It's this guy who's at, like a McDonald's or something and people are laying into him. And he's just queuing up, like, he's not arsed, he's got people punching him, but he's nails, and he's just stood there, just taking it, almost, he, he looks like he's oblivious, he's clearly not, but he's just trying to say, I am one hard fucker, you know, you're punching me, but I can barely feel it, kind of thing. To me, that's like Kwame. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I have no, you know, finally the penny dropped, and he's like, where has this all come from? You know, all, all this negative stuff, I, I have no idea, you know. I went into her home, she, you know, it was a great time, but then, you know, things started to get, I started to get a bit of a grilling and stuff, I don't get it. You didn't let her into your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you not expect a fucking grilling? It just... <laughs> He seems absolutely deluded, and I can't tell whether it's a deliberate for the cameras thing, or he is genuinely that fucking deluded. He's given Keisha nothing, no signs that he's in this at all, and he's he's weird. He's weirded out. That ah, oh, got a bit of a grill in there. I can't believe it. I thought we were great. I thought we were fucking bang on. I, you know, it's just I was genuinely puzzled by that whole interaction. I thought how. I don't understand how someone can be quite so deluded. Yeah, it, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because he's offered some good advice, but not in his own relationship, you know, with other couples. And he's so, I mean, he has to look for some of the guys, which I didn't think was right. Mate, I, I don't know, Dave. Very, very complex character, without a doubt. And he must be knocking on nearly 50 or something. You know, he must be. You know, it's, it's, it's well, a very. No idea. I don't know. I don't Why know do his you age. Think 50. I don't know. It's just, he just looked like our age, you know, mid middle right. age. Just I don't know. He just it just seems like he's gone through life acting like this with everyone he's been. Obviously, he's not with anyone. I just don't know. I, I love it when he talks because he talks utter shit with Keisha. But he's what, fucking with, spouting verbal diarrhea constantly, just yeah. saying nothing of actual substance. It's weird. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, the only surprise for me is that it's taken this long 
for Acacia to really, you know, the penny to really drop. Now, obviously, we're not seeing everything. Everything's edited. Everything's condensed down, isn't it? You know, three-hour conversations are boiled down to two minutes on screen. So, you know, there might be other positive stuff, but everything that we've seen, there's only one outcome. And the yeah. thing I'd say about Kwame, maybe he's gone, you said maybe if he's gone through life like this, I don't think he has because the reaction from his friends, or as he called them, his brothers, was they were quite surprised. They were quite surprised by his behavior. So it's like, look, if he was actually into uh, Keisha, well, first of all, he wouldn't keep dropping and, and talking about how he's into um, like Beyonce and whatever, like people who completely don't look like Keisha. So, you know, I just think he's clearly not into it. But I think he thinks that by saying the words, by telling everyone else how great it is, they all just believe him. And it just comes across as fake. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then one of the couples that we did see was uh, April and George. Met her dad, who's probably one of the most chilled out fathers ever dave he was he was just there for the free meal i think the daddy loved it didn't he, he was really uh <laughs> getting in there he's just like we're gonna do this dad yeah whatever nom, nom, nom. Oh, yeah what? he was just eating away he was like yeah whatever don't give a shit really and and he said george didn't he that they said they loved each other when they were saying the love thing and everyone was going around the table weren't they and george has said he said that to april and then he's like explaining it but again i'm not buying what they're selling no, not at all. And I mean, the dad, yeah, he seemed he seemed so chilled to the point of not asked. Yeah, yeah. like he'd been here before. <laughs> exactly. And I was yeah. thinking, like, he's just having a free meal. He's like, this is the fucking fifth time I've been on one of these shows. <laughs> yeah. What's your name again? Sorry, I can't remember. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He seemed to think that George was a stand-up guy, but... But again, you know, George was putting it full on charm. It, it was weird. He was, he was laying it on thick that, like, oh, you know, I apologise to you because you know that position that it's put you in and stuff. And it's like, I just felt that was too much over the top. It, it's it's almost as if, if you think about it, he's sort of blaming April for putting him in that position by apologising for that happening. He's almost apologising on April's behalf, which I haven't really thought this through, but I just, the overriding emotion I had was, well, that's just all a bit weird, you know? There's there's like, you know, trying to create a rapport with the with your bride's dad, but I just found it very, very weird. Like, he was trying to demonstrate what a great father he was and stuff, but I just, I just thought it was very, very weird, Chris. Yeah, and I must admit, there was a line he said as soon as her dad turned up, which I was like, oh, he's definitely on the offensive, charm offensive. He went, he was his finger went, got your pint in, got your pint. I was like, oh, fucking hell, he's definitely open fucking <laughs> you, know, you know what he reminded me of? You remember Kevin and Perry, of course, you know, the yeah. old, old characters, you know, and the little teenage shitbags are always horrible to their parents. But when you had, like, Perry would come round, he's like, yes, Miss Patterson, yes, Miss Patterson. Oh, no, no, it's great, Miss Patterson. You know, and really overly nice. And then Perry would go back to, you know, his own parents and be an utter shitbag. And then Kevin, when he goes to see Perry's parents, would be really, really nice as well. So it was like that. It was like it was too much. It was too over the top, too forced. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Now, Dave, every episode, and we've talked about a few things here, definitely, we've been over ongoing. And I, I touched on this yesterday, and I want your opinion on this, but I'm... <sighs> Thomas has come, I want to talk about Thomas now. So we had the, this the dinner party thing. Thomas has come out with some absolute great, um, great arguments, but he sort of stood up in the right situation. And he's sort of like gone at some of the people who we've all been like, yeah, yeah good on Thomas. And he's won me over for that. However, this tonight, I can't defend him. And I said it yesterday. I was slowly, I'm sort of going off him again. He's, Sophie did not deserve that. And I don't think April and even Whitney, as much as what I think of Whitney, she didn't say anything. And he just decided to just lay into everyone. Now, he, he's come out and apologised as we've watched the show and said, I owe Sophie an apology, but he's not apologising to Whitney or April. But it's just getting... I honestly think, Dave, in a normal circumstance, any other show, and he'd been pulled by now and, and said, look, you've got to stop this because you'd said about the bullying thing. I said, yeah think it is. And this tonight, I was not happy with it. I felt sorry for Sophia, for being honest. It was great TV, but it was like, it's not warranted for me. So, And he said he's apologised to Sophie, and he'd come out with some things as we've been watching the show, saying like, I was stressed at home, I was this, I was that. But it's the same thing every episode with him now. And it's like, you can't just keep slagging everyone off. And he's actually said... On that VT bit, Dave, he'd already stormed out three times and he didn't show it. So I'm like, fucking hell. Is it like musical chairs that you just get up as soon as someone says it? Because he didn't, I thought Sophie's approach to him was fair. And he just went, you've only been here fucking five minutes. And I'm like, but Thomas, you, you offer an opinion on every single contestant, whether they like it or not. Why is she, and she wasn't being nasty. Why is mm. she allowed to give you an observation that you've not really heard? And he just didn't, he just does not like, Criticism, and I, honestly, I thought he's bang out of order, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I, on reflection, I do think he was. Um, I, I think the way I, I was trying to rationalise it, what's really going on here, because you see him, don't you, when he's getting ready and he's chatting to Adrian, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go there and I'm, I'm just going to keep my head down kind of thing. You know, if you went to Ladbrokes, Chris, the bookies would not take a bet on Thomas going off no. in a party, would they? Just 100% is going to happen. And the more vigorously he's kind of putting on his makeup and saying the words to Adrian, I'm not going to interact with anyone, you know at some point he's going to go off at someone. Now, I do think... The thing with Sophie was a bit of a misfire. Now, again, you know, the drinks are always flowing, aren't they, at the dinner parties? I, yeah. I think that was an ingredient to it. I think as well you've got the fact that Sophie has been in there for a very short amount of time. And Thomas has gone out of his way to, to defend, you know, Sophie with Jonathan. And she's just completely ignored it. Like all the comments and stuff, Thomas feels passionately, you know, that uh, men shouldn't be commenting on a woman's body like Jonathan has done there. And Sophie's sort of left him to hang out and dry. Like she, she just said, yeah, yeah, it's all fine. You know, it's all good. So I think there's probably a little bit of ill feeling there. And also in the mix, so I can't remember if I'm, I'm on ingredient three or four here, but also you've got the fact that He's in the middle of talking about something which is a bit raw. I think Thomas is coming to terms with the fact that, yes, it's been going great with Adrian, but actually 
considering what his mum and dad had said, it's shone a light on how he actually felt. You know, he might have had that mag- nagging doubt before, but now he knows that actually, you know what, I, I do need that physical affection. I need that sexual interaction, and right now it's not there. So as much as, a, you know, we're having good time as friends, is that it? Is it just friends thing? So I think it's a very raw subject. So just, you know, at work we'd say, Chris, you know, someone just stuck their head out the parapet at the wrong time. You know, it, it was just Sophie said that and then he's gone off. Not excusing it, I'm not apologizing, but it was just as I was watching it, I was trying to rationalize all these different things and all these different emotions swimming about. And, uh, you know, he'd kind of, <laughs> once he's gone off, you know, he really goes off then, doesn't he? He makes it uh, very, very clear who his allies are and who he doesn't care for. And again, Sophie just happened to be the one who got it initially. But then, you know, he's he's already made it clear to April he doesn't like her. And Whitney, you know, I, I did enjoy it. You know, you're an adulterer or whatever he said to her. <laughs> <laughs> just walked off. So, yeah, he was out of order. And then at the very last minute, I was like, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> He is, he is actually rivaling Davide, though, Dave. I mean, he must have said liar more than Davide has in this series. He, you're a liar. More. You're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> on it, That's my he? line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's been fascinating TV, Tom, you know, Thomas, in that he has, he really has, but it just was a bit far for me to have. But again, I can't wait for the episode tomorrow. I mean, they've left us. We're fucking kicking off again, and it looks like Matt is in the centre of it, Dave, and I'm like, oh, this is getting... It's just getting nonsense, and I know, like we both said, we can't do a daily podcast. We just can't do it. But every time I'm watching it now... But we are doing it now. We've started off the first three weeks not doing it, but we are because there's just loads to unpack that. I think sometimes with the when we do a full week, when you've got the slow episodes, you can get away with it, but it's just... it's it's building and building the momentum to the end, isn't it now? And this yeah. is the last sort of commitment ceremony. So anything else after this is fair game. So, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, though. I mean, I've said before, this rivals the Australian uh, seasons. And Christ, Chris, when the thing's over and they have the reunions, that's when it really fucking goes off, isn't it? Yeah. So right down to the last episode, this is not a Love Island situation where the last week is a bit painful and you're like, oh, I'm not asked anymore. I reckon every episode pretty much is, is going to be bang on from here. It's going to be pretty explosive. Can't bloody wait. <laughs> Me neither. So massive, massive thank you, mate, for doing our Not Daily 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 podcast. Big thank you to everyone out there. Everyone's been saying you've got to do a podcast every day. We know, we know, we know. We're here. We're doing it, guys. Obviously, this is the last one for this week. Well, big thank you to all of you for supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. Go over to Chris and A's reality TV cast and join the fun. Um, you just have to basically be approved to get in there. Myself, Dave, or Charlene will approve you. Big thanks to Charlene again, as always. If you want to email us, cdrealitycast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, at cdrealitycast. And if you do want to support us a little bit more, get over to patreon.com forward slash cdrealitycast. So today's roll call of honour is Ken Gustafson, Lucky Lulu Green, Lauren Hennessy, Susan Priscilla, Hannah, Dee Dee, Katie, Libby, Joanna, Amy, Noreen, Jacqueline, Brianna, Helen, Keith, Michelle, Gillian, Kristen, Maggie, Annabeth, Kate, 
Megan and Cassie. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. It's really, really good stuff. And uh, loving it, mate. Absolutely. And what are we going to do when this finishes again? Oh, my God. I mean, we've got one more episode this week, haven't we? Those three days. Although, I, I still, you know, when it gets to nine o'clock and I've got a bloody stack of other things like House of Dragon that I'm behind on now that I need to catch up on. But nine o'clock comes around. It's like, oh, come on. And honestly, like... I, I was, get, it got to the end of the episode. I was like, fucking hell, I didn't even notice the time. <laughs> you yeah. can't stop it there. So, uh, yeah, the, the Friday, Saturday, Sundays are, are a bit of a killer, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, only got, only got one full week after this one, haven't we? So, mm. to the end, sir. It is, and I think I just realised, I said to everyone, this was the last episode of the week, but it's not, because you're right, Dave, we have another one. So uh, It's not we... like you to <laughs> not look at the calendar or anything. Weird. Uh, it's not even... <laughs> you're a fucking liar. You're a liar. <laughs> if anyone. <laughs> I'm storming off now, Dave, you're virtually. Yeah, and I'm an adulterer. No, no, that's, that's not true. Not true. But... <laughs> it's not true, Dave. It's not yeah. true, okay? <laughs> this is not single town. But anyway, Chris, thank you very much, sir. I do appreciate it. And thanks to everyone out there for listening to us again on our Not Daily Daily podcast. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.